Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> Hello, tryhards. Oh, Tuesday evening voice. How are we doing? <laughs> oh, God, is that shouty woman again? <laughs> Did you see the tweet or have I told you? Because that You've told me. Yeah. I- and yeah. you're going to regret telling me because I'm going to now answer the phone to you every time saying, oh, it's that shouty woman again. <laughs> Listeners, I, uh, on the back of doing some commentary at the weekend, had some really nice comments, actually, um, and uh, tweets and stuff. Um, but yeah, I got tweeted within, a, I, and looking at it, it was, it was about five minutes into the game, I think, looking at the time thing. And it was um, at Channel 4, um, I think at Channel 4, I can't believe you've got that shouty woman. <laughs> I can't believe it. That shouty woman. Do you know what? There's so many things I'd describe you as. I'd never describe you as shouty. Loud, obnoxious. <laughs> Yellow ring. Uh-huh. Lol, lol, lol. Um, hey, how's things? Oh, good, good. Just uh, been, to the, been to the gym, uh, obviously, because, you know. And I'm uh, at gyms. Uh, you're actually, <laughs> I was going to say the, the artwork behind you is very very nice at um, the uh, so, Waterman Manor I'm, yeah so I'm going to give a little shout out because actually that my the artwork behind me obviously people can't see me but um oh, this is I will describe it it's yeah. of local areas around Exmoor because it's by a local artist called Leo Davies whose parents were both teachers at the school both art teachers yeah. fantastically funky family um and he He's actually pretty well known now because he won a like Times Artist of the Year or Picture of the Year or something. Wow. Um, yeah, so they're actually worth a little bit of Bob. So, well, don't tell I, me that. I've stamped opinion. my name on one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I love this one. Um, wow, good for Jim that he's got such great taste in artwork. Um, you know, in my parents' dining room is my GCSE art project. So, uh, <laughs> you know, slight difference in class there um I have had my most liked Instagram post in the last week my most most liked Instagram post ever oh what was it it was about me losing 10 kilos it's my most liked post ever I'll be honest I look absolutely disgusting in the picture and when I think of the absolute thirst traps that I have posted over the years of me looking you know all dolled up makeup hair and that picture gets more likes than any other I've ever posted devastating devastating um you know what I'm gonna add one right this second I've not seen it it. you've commented on it it. right yeah This silence. Yeah, I like I was, yeah, sorry about that. I'm just scrolling through. I don't think I so did. Normally, do listeners, we have like a little chat beforehand, but we're actually doing that on the pod this week. So welcome to the inner sanctum. Um <laughs> mate, do you see what else happened on Saturday? I was out the traps. Speedy Gonzalez. Uh perfect score on match point. New Zealand, Italy, Italy, New Zealand. Uh, yeah, perfect score. And then 
the absolute undoing of my weekend on the app was backing Wales to win. But I won't apologise for patriotism. I won't do it. Did you back Scotland v Australia? Yeah. Uh, Wait, see, I'm, I, uh, I'm seventh. In my head, I did. I'm seventh in the Tryhards League. You're 36th, oh, wow. much like your yeah, age. <laughs> um, exactly. Exactly. Um, have you seen his top of the Tryhards League? No, I haven't actually. Oh, mate, you're not going to believe this. Don't delete the Pete. Pete Starr of Matchpoint is top of the league. No way. Yeah, unbelievable scenes. Unbelievable scenes. I would accuse them of cheating at Matchpoint Towers, but I don't think there's any way in which you can cheat on there. Um, I reckon Pete's got access to... He must He must have access to our guessing, I reckon. 100%. He might be, he might be copying you, mate. Well, don't think it. I know it. I've challenged Domitron on this, and he has told me, for a fact, Pete Starr has got access. So... I'll be honest, I, well, yeah, I can smell some ill-doing at Matchpoint Towers. Um, exciting news, though, that they added last week 1,500 more pubs to Matchpoint. So now there's over 2,500 pubs in the UK where you can claim your free pint. Is there one in the Highlands? I don't know. I'll look into that. <laughs> um, and obviously, for those people who haven't joined yet, the league code is tryhards, and this weekend there are six games, which means six opportunities to win a pint of Guinness. And I tell you what, if you really bomb it, guys, and you don't get any points, I'll give you my free pint. If you're the first person to tweet me, you can have one of my free pints because I lap them up. Such are <laughs> the um, consistency of my predictions. Can we just say as well, it is actually free to join and free, yeah, to, free to play and play. stuff like that, yeah. I love it. I actually, for me, I've started doing my predictions a bit earlier in the week because it means that I'm across what games there are. It, it makes it stick in my head better. You know what? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I put them in, undenied about a few things. I think I, in my head, I thought I'd pick Scotland over Oz when I saw the team, but then obviously didn't. Um, so I haven't done that well, but I have also got a new, a slightly different obsession with um, the rugby magazine and the fantasy league, which is still going. Um, and this week, I ass wrongly assumed that there was a break in Premier in Gallagher Prem, yeah. um, and then realised after the game had kicked off that it wasn't Prem Cup and it was actually Premiership. And every oh, week, friend, my, my brother. Last year, Sam used to message me, don't forget your team, don't forget your team. This year, old Nolifer is at the top of our little private league, and I'm basically beating him, it's Western Supermare, but I'm beating Sam, which is the main thing. Um, and I messaged him saying, is there any reason you're not messaging me now to remind me, Sam? Because he's, um, he's a snake. Well, yeah, he's absolutely saying. Although I absolutely did in this week i got over 500 points booting yeah he got it. 300 um i change it this week was ben earl i knew he'd have a he'd have a store mate he was playing at eight against london irish he's been loving it week in week out it's an england weekend so anyone that's involved when previously with england capped you can guarantee the one weekend they will yeah. step up and get player of the match or have a stormer is the first round and um, yeah, he did. He got me over 100 points. Cheers. Oh, happy days. Congratulations, my friend. Congratulations. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that was a highlight of my weekend. Now it wasn't really. I've been busy, but it's all good. And I'm down in my highlight life. of my weekend was what? I had a lemon friand from the bakery by my flat on Sunday. Bought one for uh, Ellen Evans, Philippa Tetti, and Nick Webb as well to enjoy during half time of the commentary on uh, Sunday at the Wales women's game. Uh, that was genuinely the highlight of my weekend. I have never had such a moist lemon cake in my life. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Just something about the word. Um, I love a lemon and poppy seed um, muffin with Ooh, crumbs. You know, <laughs> Don't those poppy seeds get stuck in your big old tombstones? <laughs> <laughs> um and they've got like lemon curd in the middle oh see i don't like yeah. that but do you know what i do like lemon curd with french toast 
No. Well, should we? We've been waffling for a while. Um, I feel like wow. I've just had a flashback to we know, when we talk about food. We are nearly at the Christmas sandwich stage. Um, oh. So I, <laughs> um, I'm gonna put my Christmas chip. Are you? Yeah, I'm gonna it's go early good. because drum roll, please, listeners. Um, I'll be in Dubai sevens, much like yourself. So I'm gonna put the tree up so that when I get home, it's like Christmassy in the flat. I mean, we're not going to Dubai until the beginning of December, so it's not for a few weeks. Yeah, but I'll get back on like the 6th of December and I'll walk in the flat and it'll be like a grotto. <laughs> what a dream. A, a grotty grotto. And I'll, anyway, have, um, and I'll have my new Christmas candle that I will purchase in the Dubai Mall. So, you know, it's what dreams are made of, my friend. In the Dubai Mall? Mall, yeah. Mall? Mole on your face? Mole. No, as a mole. <laughs> It's not the Dubai mole, is it? Mole. No, but you say mole, like as in mole, mole on your face, mole scurrying around underground, and well, mole. That's a mole. A mole. Say all four. So you have a mole on your face and underground. You have a mole that you go shopping with. You, in. you just changed it. No, mole. That's how I'm saying it. Mall. How do you say it? Shopping mall. You're saying it the exact same way as me. You've changed I, it. Anyway, like, we'll, um, we'll move on from this. Yes, slightly strange sorry, sorry, strange tangent there. Um, Christmas sandwiches. Um, I actually just went past the Christmas um, nibbles in Tesco. And there's some new big hitters on the shelf this year. There is a um, turkey and stuffing ball um like a you know like a cheese puff ball a turkey and stuffing version and i found some pigs in blankets crispy peanuts and also some cinnamon pretzels which have got my name all over them um i don't understand i mean why there's like crisps and things and they're made into like you know maybe possibly the ones the only ones i like that are a meal in a that from a crisp is yeah. chicken roast chicken and thyme it's probably the only ones i mean the rest of it why it's like oh if, if you, you want that the, flavor um, just eat that the new, food the new walkers katsu curry ones very good very good uh njj my dad says that you've got to get six or seven in your mouth though to really get the flavor a lot of market research yeah once you've got to go a real handful so lovely in a sandwich as well there is so much to talk about um and we're from talking about this. this weekend yeah um as much as i enjoy the conversation i feel like we should maybe move on and talk about some of the rugger that has been oh, going shit. on um well i would like to work backwards and start with the game that i finished my weekend with which was wales women getting their first win for a year 355 days Oh, what a result. So good to see the Wales girls with smiles on their faces at full time, um, fire in their belly before the game. The values and culture around that squad seem to be where they've needed to be for some time. I On Radio Wales, I called it a new dawn, and it certainly felt that way, despite the fact that it was about two degrees and pitch black by the time kickoff came. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. And it was really good to speak to Nigel Walker post-match on Radio Wales about the contracts, which have obviously been huge news over the past week. Um, we'll talk about the contracts in a second. Um, two questions. Good yeah. game? Yeah, it was. I think it. I one of those old adages of, of rugby and of sport, you can only play what's in front of you. And I think that the first half was a bit bit messy from Wales's perspective because Japan, you know, they hadn't seen them play a test match for two years. You don't know what to expect. And... Yeah, I think they they came up the traps very quickly. Wales scored a try within 90 seconds. Shuanali crap, leading from the front as always. Um, but then the rest of the first half was a bit bitty. Um, second half, though, Wales kind of hit their straps. And um, I don't think performance would have really mattered to them. I do think the result was everything on Sunday. I think 
fundamentally, if they'd won the match 3-0, they would have been happy. But they felt that they put... Oh, I don't know. In, well, <laughs> well, and you wait that long for a win, so... They put a decent. Uh, wow, Jazz got a couple of tries, didn't she? She looked pretty. She uh, did. Spoke little. to Gwen Crab earlier, um, in the gym, and uh, you know she said that Joan Cunningham was incredibly, you know, happy full time on Saturday on Sunday, but has said, okay, that one's done. We move on. We haven't come here for one win this autumn. We haven't come to just get the monkey off our back. This is about stringing performances and wins together now. So yeah, I'm excited to see how they go this Saturday lunchtime at the Arms Park, of which you can get tickets, guys. If you're not planning on going to an Autumn International this year because they're so expensive, you are overlooking some great rugby at Cardiff Arms Park. And 12.30 on a Saturday, that's a dream kickoff for me. Who are they playing? South Africa. Lynn Cantwell's South Africa. That's how I know it's I know that. To refer to I, them. I was on a call uh, yesterday um, with World Rugby um, doing some uh, voting duties um so player of the year is all coming up and lisa burgess was um on the call and lynn was as well and i was like right they were like we'll see you at the game yeah you two let's create some social media like aggression between the two of you i can't imagine Lynn Um, being aggressive on social media or in any situation or bird um yeah so okay cool so just a yes or no was it a good crowd there no, it wasn't. It's a, it, it was, you know, I, I have to be careful. Okay, that's that answer. Kickoff times we... are detected, dictated by television. For me, wasn't a great slot for the women. It was dark. It was cold. Um, I had a hot water bottle under my coat. But yeah, this Saturday, live on BBC Two Wales, I will be pitch side with the mic on the television, not the radio. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Well, thank you for that update from Cardiff. Um, you should work in radio and uh, do some summarising. Um, okay, well, Wales have also come out with something that I've been really impressed with. I think the announcement of the contract, obviously, it's a, a big kind of sigh of relief, I think, for the players to know they've got a bit of backing through to the World Cup. They're not going to have to balance five jobs and travelling over yeah. here, there and everywhere. They do have a bit of coinage in their pocket I think the one thing I've just been impressed with um, from the outside just given some of my experience to the RFP which I'm sure you'll ask me about but is um, just how open and honest they are about the contracts yeah and I just think the amount and I think you know too long for me well for my whole career I was never supposedly allowed to talk about what I earn as a player from a contract perspective with the RFU and I can see from some instance why that why you'd want to protect it to an extent um, but I just think that we lacked opportunity with the women's game by not being able to to share the truth. And, and, and it's not about being dishonest. It's just about sharing reality. And I think that just a credit to them to say, look, we've done it. Is it perfect? No. Is it like, you know, is it start? Yes. And I, I just yeah. think that that was good. It was good, good work. And I know it's been questioned and yeah, I found that interview, that interview, the article in The Telegraph, an interesting one. You know, obviously, as you say, the WRU have been very transparent in their approach to this. They have announced there are 10 full-time professional contracts as of January the 1st and a further 15 retainer contracts. The value of the full-time contracts is £19,000 a year, which the article in The Telegraph said was too low. Um, you know, <laughs> I earn less than that. I earn less than that when I was a world champion. But but Knowles, that's the key context here. You know, there were there were some figures in there about what England players are earning, um, which surprised me. The figures that were printed, because I know you've told me previously what you earned. What were they printed? uh, Well, it said that there were players on 30 grand a year. Well, I can tell you now that when I first got my contract as a professional player in 2014, having won the World Cup in the build up to, to Rio, the first ever full contracts that were offered it was less than what the Welsh girls are on now I then was pushed up to less than I earned when I left university um so low 20s um and as part of my leaving presence to England women's rugby um battled to get contracts that were pretty much around the same um I think the difference when you're looking at those types of contracts financially 
And the biggest thing for me was what comes with that. So you get the salary, which outpays the bills, but it's like, what, what am I still having to pay out for? Am I still having to pay out for expenses? Am I having to move somewhere because of it? Am I, um, do I get all my physio? Do I get my gym membership paid for? Do I get supplements given to me? Do I get boots given to me? So all these things that you take for granted in male sport and that they have access to for free or get paid to even wear a certain brand of stuff. Yeah. Um, If you get given that, you're not having to earn that money to then pay for it. And that was my biggest frustration when I played. So then when I got contracted, there was a bigger package around it. Now, I don't know whether that's been announced um, and that's out there just yet. But I think on financial terms, some of the girls will take huge hits to earn the money that, that, you know, we had vets, we had teachers, we had people that worked in the city that some of them took full like sabbaticals from those jobs very top level jobs to be paid to be a professional athlete so there is more to being a professional than the money that you earn as long as it covers the bills but the girls will be taking making decisions but you know what it's 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 the start it's a start start, but it's also interesting you talk about girls taking a pay cut do you know what my sister's a nurse she doesn't earn much more than that so let's have a bit of context of society there but the other thing as well in terms of context and what disappointed me with the article printed in the telegraph is that these comparisons to um the rfu and things like this the wiu does not have the profit capability that the rfu has the rfu is the richest union in the world they make more money the headline about the money that wales had made from the uh, wales versus new zealand game Again, that is propping up all of rugby in Wales. And at the moment, men's rugby is not in rude health. The regions are underfunded. The grassroots game is underfunded. But fundamentally, the priority of Nigel Walker coming into this role as the new high performance director and overseeing all of this has been the women's game. And if you add up the contracts and you add up the pathways that they're talking about, if you add up the um, kind of like you say, the bigger picture of professional rugby for women in Wales, which is the conditioning, the physiotherapy, the, um, yeah, all of this stuff that they're talking about, you know, I'm, I'd be surprised if they're getting much change out of half a million. And, and actually until the day before yesterday, this is a team that hadn't won a game for two years. So the union has put their money where their mouth is and said, we're going to back a team that aren't successful. And with all the will in the world, I love the girls to bits and I, and I want them to do well. But they're not they're not winning Six Nations. They're not going to win a World Cup in in eleven months' time. Um, I'd love to be able to clip this bit up as a soundbite in a year's time, and Wales have won the World <laughs> Cup. But you know, the reality is that the union are backing the women's game for the first time financially, and to go back. And I I hate to say this because. Unfortunately, I think this is something that women deal with in all aspects of work and business and especially sport. But I do feel like there's an, a level of, of being ungrateful when I look at these articles because we've gone from zero to £19,000. That's a hell of a jump. It, it's more, it, it's interesting because just from a player's perspective, it's also about the status. It's also about saying that you can finally say I'm a professional athlete and that, and, and that people care and that someone cares enough to give you that job and the salary and that, like, do you know what I mean? And yeah. there are, you know, as I say, there is more to it in terms of what comes with that package. And that's what, you know, I'm sure having to speak, you know, knowing a few of the Welsh girls as friends, I'll probably chat to them. And and that's really important, um, how they get looked after when they're in camps, you know, access to coaching, all of those things. Um, but it is a start and it's more than I got when I started. Um, and I think and- me as well, I, I'm disappointed when I read articles like that because, do you know what? That should have been a watershed moment and a celebratory day. And I, I want the conversation to be not oh these are these girls earning enough or this isn't enough or or, or negative I wanted it to be 10 10 golden tickets 10 contracts and who are those 10 players going to be I want that debate to open up I want us to be having that conversation who we who are the first names down who are getting those contracts and that's what I wanted to talk about yeah I mean obviously I started started this slightly large section of our podcast um about saying I like the openness about it and I think by putting it out there, by saying a number, it also says 
to businesses it says to people with interest in sport with people that you know potential sponsors to say this is what they earn this is the re- their reality yeah. and unfortunately when I was a player because we weren't allowed to share that information openly they thought our reality especially being linked to the RFU was very very different I would continually be told or like but like I would you know people would expect or guess that I was on four over four times the salary that I was on time and time again and it was difficult because when I then finally actually spoke to someone and said look this is the reality this is where I'm at this is what you know what what I'm why I'm struggling um it was a confidential phone uh, conversation and he immediately stepped in and said look let me help let me take the burden of something and he sponsored um Andy um sponsored my car and instantly that just took a massive pay out for me that I didn't have to find so the money I was earning actually got had more value because it was it Mm. was in it was there for me and you know where where I was at and I'm sure where vast majority of the girls are at they don't want to they're not doing this to make millions of pounds they're not doing this to be a million do you know what I mean they're doing it because they love it because they're passionate about it they found something they're successful at they make their families proud they make their country proud and so all you, it's you just need enough to like to get by to be the best athlete and if that allows them to do it absolutely fantastic and I just think that openness is great which in contrast to we're literally seeing live tweets come out from Ireland about some slightly potentially some not so honest stuff coming from their management and it it just the openness and honesty and about reality this is the reality is so much more to me as a player so much more important than painting a very untrue picture how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You mentioned what's coming out of Ireland at the moment and it's um probably something that we should absolutely pick up on now um there was uh, an article printed I'm just trying to get myself down to it Anthony Eddy has done an interview with um the uh, independent I think it is in in Ireland is it I'm just trying to find it um but basically sorry with RTE and his statements that he makes in that article are being torn apart by major stakeholders and players in the Irish game, former players, current players, 
Um, and it's it's really sad that, you know, fundamentally the big thing that seems to come out of this is that there was a lot of criticism of the IRFU after Ireland failed to qualify for the World Cup. And if you read Anthony Eddy's uh, comments, he's put the ball in the court of the players and, and it, it put, you know, really overlooks the lack of resource they've had and lack of funding, all this kind of thing. And it's, um, yeah, it's a, what, what's your take on it from what you've seen and, and perhaps who you've spoken to? Well, just um, more my knowledge of kind of the Irish programme over the years, having played alongside a lot of the girls, you kind of get a bit of an insight um, into it. And, you know, I think the comment that he made, both programmes have had a lot of resources from the IRFU thrown at them in recent years. It, it, it's stuff like that that you just think it's utter trash. Yeah. How can you say some a, a team that has however many camps in a year like not even, do you know what I mean? And players are expected to self-fund all sorts of stuff. You supposedly have professional players, but you've openly said in the past that they're, they're well, everybody knows that it's the sevens program that they, yeah. they support and it's the sevens players that get parachuted in. Yeah. Um, I think the players are rightly so angry. And I think what's disappointing is, you know, they they are wonderful rugby players you know they there are some fantastic players coming out of Ireland that always has been they've always been in the mix of it that this is the first World Cup ever that they will miss um next year yeah. and and I think for someone that is the director of the sport to say to come out with these comments before a review is one like totally ridiculous yeah and two unnecessary you know, it's, it's finger pointing away from himself at yeah. a time when everybody involved in women's rugby in Ireland should be putting their finger back towards themselves and reflecting on themselves. You can't, they, they and, and to say it in a, such a public way, um, I think just credit to, firstly, credit to Scrum Queens, I think, for identifying it and, and pulling it up because there's no way I would have picked up on something yeah. like that. And then also, providing a narrative around it I think Ali Donnelly has done a fantastic job of that um, yeah and then obviously with the players making comments you can see it's just not needed at this time I, I one thing I want to pick up on and for those who perhaps aren't as aware because they don't follow sevens as much and things like that you've mentioned sevens players being parachuted into the 15s program there and, and I think it's really key for us to say why that's different so I, I kind of took umbrage a little bit with the fact that Anthony had made a comparison between Jazz Joyce and Ireland Sevens players but I know that you would we talked about this earlier and you'd recalled that um Ema Considine when she won her first 15s cap it wasn't yeah, just 15s international cap no it's first time I'm pretty sure I remember on commentary it was the first time she'd ever played 15s like these girls are coming from sevens. So they, a lot of their girls that are sevens, and you can't compare to, to Jazz Joyce because she doesn't play on the World Series. She does at the moment with GB, but she's yeah. partly, but she's also um, at Bristol Bears. So she's playing yeah. club rugby week in, week out. That's where she gets her club rugby. And she's so sevens players. Game. Yeah. Um, whereas in 15, in, in Ireland, they're saying that all these resources that, you know, are at, at both codes, like they're not because the girls that they're bringing in, their depth isn't there because they don't have a good club system to bring through the players. They then bring through, they've got, they've got a pathway, obviously, through their different sports, which I'm sure you can explain a bit more because actually those girls go straight into sevens having not played rugby. They're fantastic athletes and they've got a great skill set from the, the sports they've played. Um, does that translate into 15s? Well, no, they're totally different. But you've also got to look at the types of players that are then therefore being paid because it's, you know, it's the girls that are, you know, probably more than likely going to be all of the backs, if not back row. They're not the front, they're not front row, front five specialists. You know, where are the, where are the girls getting experience from? And, and, and also, you know, whether it's the case at the moment, I know that the girls always had a, a struggle playing in the in in England and playing in the premiership even though it was hands down the best place for them to be in terms of their development and seeing their development seeing you know how 
well they were playing and what how you know what they then took back to Ireland and into an international it was massive but yet there was a constant battle about it yeah um whether that's still the case at the moment I'm not sure but it's it just it just seems like so poorly timed yeah like disrespectful to players and And, and like you said at the beginning of this some of those comments perhaps patently untrue without accusing Anthony Eddie of being a liar you know one of the comments that he's made is about three full-time coaches and one of those coaches that he names is Kieran Hallett which I found really surprising because from my knowledge and what I know of Kieran and and I don't think this has changed in the past few days Kieran heads up the academy system at Leinster he's a really good coach he came from he'd been at the Exeter Academy before that used to coach at Plymouth was the first team coach there the Leinster Academy is probably one of the most powerful rugby academies in the world. You know, you think how produces Ireland. Exactly. (laughs) And so that's his main job. That's what Kieran does. And I know he's been involved with Ireland women, but he certainly can't be attributed as a full-time coach for that setup because he's not, he works for Leinster. He works for the Leinster branch. So it's, it's really interesting to see how Anthony's, interviews being pulled apart but I have to say I think the last word has to go to Kleena Maloney who has tweeted the most Irish tweet I could read in this situation is serious and and people's feelings have been hurt and we want to see the women's game in Ireland push to where it needs to be and to be funded how it should be Kleena's tweet I could have sworn slurry spreading season was spring I stand corrected a farming <laughs> analogy <laughs> Yes. You know what? She's from an amazing farm, and her and Claudia have gone back a few times. Um, and uh, they did like they did a, a brilliant interview on the Premier 15s All In um, about being a couple, and like it was brilliant. Um, so if you haven't seen it, tune into that. It's on the the Allianz Premier 15s YouTube. But um, yeah, I can remember when I think when they first got together, they went back and they were training on the farm, and like. <laughs> and like got properly into it and were like lifting I am probably probably knowing both of them like trying to lift cows and stuff no, but... I'd, love <laughs> I'd love to see Lydia McDonald on the farm because I can't see that she's somebody who's going to take to that lifestyle very quickly so I feel like that could be a spin-off series here Lydia milking cows anyway um, should we move on from that I'm disappointed with I'm, um just should I carry on about Ireland because obviously I had a little 20 hour brief trip to Dublin yeah um, that's not touring properly mate when you're not there for 24 hours that's not proper touring um we'll be this weekend we'll, we'll be this weekend game's a bit yeah. later kick off can't get a flight home till the morning yeah. oh sorry I may be meeting up with D um oh, a, Sullivan. yeah there's a couple of people over there that I might be having a Guinness with so I will tell you about that next week but this week or the weekend just gone um got called into so I was commentating and then I got a phone call on Friday night. So I was like, oh, I have a nice, like, relaxing morning, wake up, finish my commentary notes, all good. And um, get a call saying, we need you to be pitch side. How about it? And I was like, uh, yeah, like, okay, what's happened? And Freddie Burns, who was due to be involved, um, was smashed and um, broke his ribs on the Friday evening game unfortunately I haven't seen it but um yeah not in a good way so um bit disappointed with Freddie pulling out um being a bit of a um, yeah exactly um all the prep obviously was around fly halves um I was going to ring you and ask you for some help um <laughs> but I it meant I got to work with two wonderful Irish men. So first of all, Tommy Bow Pitchside, what a gent, what a bloke, just brilliant. He was stood there and this, and they kept shouting, Tommy, Tommy. And I thought they kept saying Nolly. So I was like looking. I was like, why would an Irish man be all shouting right. my name? Shake your head a bit. Um, well, I think it's just because of Nolly. Nolly, Nolly. <laughs> Hi guys. Yeah, it, it is yeah, me. But it, it could have been me, Danielle Daughter um, of could have been. Um, and then, um, I'll have you know, I got recognised up in the Highlands, actually, was waitressing, and I said, I am Nolly Villa, went around, come back, can we get you some drinks? He used to play rugby. I did the England rugby uh, session that you did at Twickenham with Hugo, with my son, and I was like, oh, what a fall from grace. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Now, they were like, why are you waitressing in the Highlands? Anyway, yeah. moving yeah. on from that, Tommy Bow, what a ledge, this bloke kept on shouting, 
Tommy, Tommy. And then he was nudging his little girl, like, wave, wave. And she was like looking at him like, no, dad, I don't want to wave. Oh. And Tommy was laughing. And I was like, um, I don't think a young girl should be waving at a strange Irish person. <laughs> and then I got to um, commentate for co-coms with um, Donica and obviously I talked about it before but it was just a dream to commentate with Mars again and lead um, that was really special so yeah unbelievable game um, from an island perspective not quite so much for the Japanese um, pretty average below average very poor um, the, but the Irish front row um, I mean the brand of rugby that they played was just amazing and if they play like that against the All Blacks it will be one of the best games ever to have ever played because they were outstanding I don't think they will necessarily get the go forward that they did get against the Japanese yeah. but um Furlong and Porter were just absolutely ridiculous like Globe Globe today it's three-ish sometime <laughs> I can watch that in Cardiff Athletic Club with a Guinness um yeah so gonna be an absolute dream against the All Blacks but um the front row at halftime had 25 carries and by the end of the game they'd covered 110 meters with the ball now in an international when I mean there were plenty of scrums and it was reasonably open for your front row to do that you know that you're doing something and even Donegal was like loving it Sexton got his 100th cap I think he got his scored and I don't tend to get emotional at rugby when I'm especially when I'm working I welled up, Miles welled up, Donica just was grinning. He is the most Irish person in the whole yeah. world. He even had he even had green shoelaces. And I was like, I May. On as well. I said, May. And he said, I just love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, great weekend in the in Dublin. Well, should we we'll quickly cover off um the other men's games, but one thing I we haven't covered and um you've already brought up my prowess at 10 and um, we all know who my um ultimate try hard um role model is for the 10 shirt and that is Ms Amy Cocaine who when she plays for the Royal Air Force plays it out half I know there was a big Royal Air Force contingent at Franklin's Gardens watching her on Saturday and she did not disappoint she did not disappoint <laughs> the hat trick yeah i think yeah no she was good and she was she was proper revved up um i know revved up amy face and she would have been really angry she didn't get the start last week and i think it's even more potent with her um from a like a starting shirt perspective when it's the black ferns she turned down the opportunity to play for the black ferns she grew up in new zealand from the age of nine she went to a Black Ferns camp and came home and said, I'm sorry, mum, dad, I'm English. I want to play for England. And I had a phone call um, saying from the RFU saying, we've got a player. She's been to Black Ferns camp. She's 17 years old. She wants to come to Hartbury. Her parents aren't coming back. She's just going to live on site and she's going to play for England. And I then sorted out all the accommodation. I got her in. Unfortunately, I left a couple of weeks before Amy had managed to fly back. Um, so I can't claim her, um, surprise, her career. Surprise me, Danielle. <laughs> surprise me. Um, but yeah, um, and so I think there's a there's a different twist to it. You know, she's um, she's played alongside a lot of those girls, but I think it's also that point to prove that I came back here because this is where I'm from and this is who I am. And I just... I thought it was brilliant and you know what New Zealand just got absolutely blown off the park up front um I like just you just got to have to credit England you know the physicality the skill set the you know the fitness um just the intent and they you know at 28 nil, I tweeted at 28 nil at half time and they left points out there you're thinking what on earth is happening and then they repeat it in the second half and I uh, just I think probably a short bit on the backs I love the way that they move the ball um you know they they cap England capitalized on the fact that they had so much go forward and a set piece that they could just play from 
Um, one thing on O2 Inside Line before the game, um, James Haskell asked Berna, like, what have you been working on in training? Like, is there anything? And she was like, yeah, there's like a few things we're working on. I've been working on our malls and our set piece because we think that we could get better. This is before the game. And then Amy Cocaine gets a hat trick from <laughs> from all. <laughs> so yeah, it's obviously something England wanted to do. But um what do you I think, think the other about um we have to have a word on the black ferns. We are 10 months out from yeah. hosting World Cup at home. Do we write them off? No, of course you don't. And also the one thing that I would say about the backs from an England perspective, they got shortened up way too easy. Um, there was I don't know where it was because I was watching it live and I haven't watched it back to do the analysis. Um, you know, Stacey Flula was outstanding actually in attack. I, I thought she was okay in the first game, but just got defensively pulled apart, probably because it was just, you know, they were all over the place up yeah. front and England were just absolutely, they got real shortened, but she just got, like 13 is a hard place to play yeah. anyway um defensively but yeah I think they scored they made some try good tries look very easy just with really good hands and shifting to the space should England have defended it better yes is that a massive work on yes is that a good thing for them to to, to experience yes because it just means that they you know they're only going to get better from it but they just absolutely obliterated the black firms and um I don't I don't think it's a bad thing really for anyone I think it's a good thing Um, a lot of people have been commenting about the lack of you know I think there was a tweet um, put out there saying that this hasn't happened in eight this eight this loss wasn't 80 minutes it was um, two years yeah yeah four years and I think it's fair probably and actually you've got to look back look at the premiership and you say well why are the England girls so physical and strong? Well, because the average strength and conditioning set of a club player now mm-hmm. is, you know, so much higher. So therefore, the impacts, the quality of the collisions, the physicality on a weekly basis is as high as a test match would have been probably, you know, five, ten years ago. So therefore, they're going to be stronger because of it. And do New Zealand have that? Well, I don't know, because actually the the MPC or the game, whatever it is they play in. The, Cup, FPC. Yeah, the FPC, they, the games look good. Yeah. Like it looks strong, but then you don't know until you go onto the field. Yeah. You really feel, feel. I also impact. think like, this probably sounds really cynical from my perspective, but I think yeah. that there's been some really good PR around the FPC. And actually, I don't think the Allianz Premiership has shouted enough about the fact that it is probably arguably the best league in the world. And well, it's 100 percent And you know what? Actually, that's a really good point because it shows the difference in quality when you have TV cameras versus streaming and the quality and and, and and I'm not getting into that debate because we're not ready for TV stuff yeah. with premiership, but it does show that if you have like minute little clips, it, we got it on the premiership final. Yeah, it it transforms a game because you can slow mo, you can get in and get the. We're not there yet. Tightness of cameras. So on these streams, more often than not, it's big wide. It's a wide shot. Yeah, that's what I mean. You get close in. Yeah, it's detail. Um, we have not got much time left. I don't want to talk about the Wales game because I'm still sore about it. Um, so I'm parking it. I've seen it, so that's fine. Yeah, England Tonga, I haven't watched it. I don't really want to talk about Eddie's comments because someone was mean to me on Twitter. Um, But I know that you want the last word of this week's pod to go to Scotland hooker Ewan Ashman, who (laughs) is basically, if you and Simone don't adopt him and make him your little um, boy child waiter in the uh, hotel up in the Highlands, I'd be very surprised because um, you love him, don't you, after the videos you've seen of him from the weekend? Uh... Yeah, so I just um, just caught up on the game earlier and game going on at, you know, your first cap at 11 minutes is a big shout for a front rower because you know that you've got a lot of time ahead of you, you know, um, to play and to score um, on debut like a winger would, like diving into the corner, Schumann passing it to him. Um, so it coming from a prop to, who's on his second cap and then him scoring just wonderful, like brilliant athleticism. There's amazing hookers all the way around the world at the moment. Just incredible uh, skills. 
In fact, we've got jo um, John Afoa on um, pitch side at the weekend, okay. and I can't wait to hear what he has as like the Highland Grove Trotter, like the original. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Ashwin just, I, what sealed the deal for me was when he's interviewed after the game and just how open he was about how proud he was to. Yeah you know to play for his country to play it in front of a full stadium you know everyone talks about it, it was like five six hundred days that they haven't had that and it says something about your team if a debutant can talk as openly as they did I think you know because that comes from the culture within your squad because you know your teammates are going to watch that you are stood in your playing shirt and so therefore you're representing them so you're like you know what so it's brilliant and he just basically said that he was holding back the tears all day <laughs> I so obviously there's a clip that's done the rounds on social media one of for me I'm a softie one of the most special things in rugby for me is when they cut the piper at Murrayfield and we listen to that second verse of Flower of Scotland and it's just the crowd and for me it's one of the most powerful things it's up there with a hacker for me and I've got goosebumps thinking about it now if you haven't seen the clip on social media seek it out and watch him as it pans along the line and Ewan is so visibly emotional and actually I think it's quite impressive to be able to park that if you are feeding off the crowd like that it's one thing to take that and use it but it's another thing to not feel so emotionally exhausted by the fact that you are living a moment you've dreamt of a, such an iconic and special moment and yeah loved it absolutely loved it that's what rugby's all about and on that lovely note get your photos in for the competition get them in hashtag I've had a, autumn try I've, I've had one all the way from australia so we've yeah um so oh, they're slowly slowly creeping in trickling trickling um seeping um <laughs> um Let's talk about your seepage on the pod have a good week friends bye. bye guys when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.